Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series we're doing called Vineyard Verses. And what we're looking at in this series, we're looking at passages of Scripture together that I think are foundational to the Christian life and Christian walk. And so we've we spent a lot of time looking at passages of Scripture. We're breaking them down a verse at a time. I'm encouraging you to memorize them as you can because I think uh, having a uh, sort of a a vault of Scripture is just a very powerful tool in, in your Christian life. And so I've encouraged you to memorize these verses as we go. We've looked at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 and talked about our access to God 24-7. We've looked at Philippians 4, 4 through 8, and we've talked about, you know, in particular not being anxious about anything. Um, then we spent some time in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, talking about our mission of one more. Most of you know that we're a people of mission. Our mission is one more, one more lost child back to dead. And now we're looking together at Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And um, this passage sort of encapsulates for me our goal. Our mission is one more, you know, people into the kingdom. And then our goal is to develop, um, you know, fully devoted followers of Christ. And so we call our goal all in. So we want, we want to get one more. And we want them to become all in, just as all of us need to head in that direction. And these verses, I think, are a picture of that, of this idea of all in. We're to love God, heart, mind, soul, and strength, love our neighbor as ourself. And to me, that describes an all-in sort of love. And that's what we're talking about um, together in this, uh, in this passage. So, so far, we've talked about loving God with all our heart and um, soul, mind, and strength and... and um, we, we've, uh, so far, we've talked about loving God with our whole heart, which is the control panel, with our soul, which is, you know, our emotion, and all those things. Today, I want to talk about loving God with all of our mind, with all of our mind. So that's where we're headed. That's the intro transition. There's always a bad joke or two, thinking about, you know, mind stuff. Um, I, I sort of hate it when people use big words just to make themselves sound perspicacious. I had to look it up. Go ahead. Perspicacious. Uh, doesn't expecting the unexpected mean that the unexpected is actually expected? Wow, that went nowhere. <laughs> I thought it was way funnier than that. All right, how about, uh, how many of you have heard of Rene Descartes? Rene Descartes was a philosopher, and his great thing that people remember him for was, I think, therefore I am. So now you know who I'm talking about, right? So anyway, yeah, there's a story where he went into a Burger King. And he was walking there, and the person behind the counter said, um, you know, can I get you anything? And he said, I think not. And then he disappeared. <laughs> Still nothing. Wow, this is a tough, tough day. I'm just crashing, yeah. I should probably stop. But I got one more. None of these are scripted at this point. I just reminded myself of this thing, thinking about the last one. So this couple is driving through central Florida, and they, uh, they drive by a town most of you have sort of seen, and they're not sure how to pronounce it. And they don't know if is it, is it Kissimmee or Kissimmee or Kissima or, you know, what in the world? And so they have a little argument. So they decide to pull off uh, on the exit there, and they, they go into a fast food joint, and they walk up to the counter, and the guy says, the, behind the, the guy behind the counter, he says, now listen, he said, would you just tell me very slowly and clearly where we are? And the guy looked at him and said, Burger King. 
All right. I'm done. Scripture reading. I got nothing from anywhere. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So right now we're looking at love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. As I said, loving God with all our heart, that's the control panel. Our soul is our personality and our emotions. And now I want to talk about loving God with all of our minds. So let's hop right in. First thing then, how can I love God with all my mind? How can I love God with all my mind? Now the human mind is an amazing thing. It's a gift from God that is capable of so many things. And yet in the scripture we find out pretty quickly that it needs to be made new. The effects of the fall and sin have, have filtered into our minds and they've really done a lot of damage. In fact, you could look at some verses through the New Testament. First uh, Timothy 6, 5 says that we have a corrupt mind. Um, Romans 8, 7 says we have a sinful mind. Second um, Corinthians 3, 14 says we have a dull mind. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says we have a blinded mind. And so we, we see that the effects of fall and the sin have really gone to work on our minds. And yet we're to love God with all our minds. So our minds need to be renewed by the Spirit. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So our minds need to be renewed. And as the Holy Spirit comes, as, as we give our lives to Christ, we're filled with the Spirit. This is one of the things that needs to happen, is our minds need to be renewed, and it's part of what He's leading us through. And, and we can't really love God without knowing God. And, and the way that we know God is by the Spirit-enabled use of our minds. So to love God with all your mind means engaging all of your powers of thought to know God as fully as possible in order to love Him all in. So let's talk about that. Second point in your notes, knowing God as fully as possible. So this idea then, again, let me say it, is, is we're to engage our thinking as fully as possible for the sake of knowing God as fully as possible, for the sake of loving God as fully as possible. That's what's happening. That's the process. Proverbs 10, 14 actually says, wise men store up knowledge. Wise men store up knowledge. And in Scripture, this is like the only thing we're supposed to store up, knowledge. Jesus said, you know, don't store up money, don't store up treasure, don't store up material possessions where moth and rust decay, but store up knowledge. Because, because knowledge is, you know, something we get to keep. It's more important than money. You can get more money, but knowledge is something you're going to take with you throughout eternity. And so you, you, you'll leave everything else behind, but, but knowledge is one of those things that goes with you forever. And we're to actually store up knowledge, the Bible says in Proverbs. So what is knowledge? That's point little a there under two. What is knowledge? Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you ignored the law of your God, I will ignore your children. So um, we're destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And in effect, that lack of knowledge is a, is a not understanding and not knowing and not studying the Word of God. That's our first and foremost and primary place to get knowledge about who God is and about how everything works and, and where we find, you know, the answers to life. 
And, and when we don't know the Word of God, it, it actually says here we can be destroyed. It, it ruins our lives. So, so we need to um, know and study and learn the book uh, of the Lord so that we can know the Lord of the book. And, and, you know, that's the ultimate goal. We study the book of the Lord so we can know the Lord of the book. And, and we can't know, we can't love someone we don't know, so this is part of the process. Unfortunately, you can, you can learn the Bible without actually knowing it. In, in other words, you can know all the facts without really knowing the content. Because you don't really know something until you apply it. And, and, and that's a situation, it's actually something Jesus brings up to the Pharisees who know the Scripture. Um, well, he says they don't know the Scripture, but they, and they don't know the power of God. But we know that these Pharisees would have memorized, at the very least, the first five books of the Pentateuch. They would have memorized, as part of being a Pharisee, could tell you Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, Numbers and Deuteronomy, and they could recite to you, word by word, all five chapters, all five books. Lots and lots of chapters in it. They would have that memorized. It would have been part of their training. And so when, when Jesus looks at them and says, you don't know the Scriptures or the power of God, can you imagine how they must have felt? Because these were guys who had studied, had memorized the Scripture. Mark 12, 24, he said, Jesus said, are you not in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God? And, and so they had memorized the Scripture, but Jesus says they don't know the Scripture. So... So knowledge is, is uh, us not only sort of reading the Word, but it's, it's learning to apply it into our lives. It's learning to um, take it in and then live it out in, in our day-to-day -day lives. And really, that's from the next thing that we want to talk about, which is wisdom. Little letter B there is wisdom. See, and wisdom is found in seeing life from God's viewpoint. It's getting God's perspective on life. And, and, and so it's, it's applying, wisdom is sort of applying the knowledge of God into life that we have in Him. And, and so knowledge is knowing what God does, and wisdom and perspective are knowing why He does it. Isaiah 55, 8, He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. And so um, part of our knowledge has to be including wisdom from God about how to live this thing out. And, and all of this is a transformation of our minds that needs to take place as the Spirit enables us. And, and so um, wisdom, you know, last week we said, I said to you, one of the reasons I love the Psalms is that Psalms are a book for the soul. And I, I, I've got a, I wrote a devotional. It's, act, it's out there in a the thing if you want it. Um, I read the Psalms every day because they, they stir the soul and the emotion and the personality. They get us thinking, you know, with other parts of our brain. And that, that's what the, why they're such an important, um, you know, part of our lives. Wisdom, I think, comes from the Proverbs. This type of wisdom I'm talking about is, is the Proverbs. Speak to it almost perfectly. And, and uh, I wrote another devotional about that, about the Proverbs. I read the Proverbs every day, too. And, and um, they're a book of wisdom. They're about how to live this thing out. And, and so we need to take that and read that. You know, I would encourage you to read at least a proverb a day, a chapter of Proverbs a day. And that wonderful thing about Proverbs is 31 chapters, and most months have 31 days. It kind of is a perfect reading um, that you can easily get into the habit of. Just figure out what day it is. That's, that'll be the only challenge in this, living in the Keys. Figure out what day it is, and then read the chapter of Proverbs for the day. So today is... 
the third, right? To fourth, I lost a day. I don't know what day it is. But uh, whatever that day might be, you read that chapter, and then, then you've got it, okay? And, and uh, it's a very powerful tool for us to have. And so um, it begins to help us in wisdom and applying the knowledge that we have from the Word of God in living this life out. Another thing in our mind that, that uh, the Spirit needs to, to continue to renew, and this is little letter C, um, is our imagination. Our imagination. And I like to call this our holy imagination. God, um, has, you know, he, we're created in His image, and He's very creative, and He made us to be very creative. And so we have imagination. And we can use our imagination for um, not so great purposes, or we can use it in a very holy way. And um, we're, you know, we're supposed to let God develop our holy imagination so that we can sort of outthink and outdream the world around us for the glory of God. Not, not for our private good, but for the glory of God and the good of others. And so we, we need to use our, engage our imaginations in this whole process. Paul said in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So the Holy Spirit's at work within us. And, and um, he says he can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. More than we can imagine, more than we can dream, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes. Um, and I don't know about you, but I can be a pretty big dreamer. And God says, I got you topped. And, and I, I can outdo any of those things. And so he, he, it's an encouragement for us to think and to use our holy imaginations for things to impact the kingdom um, in the world around us today. And that changes. The message that we preach never changes. The gospel, the good news, and we go over that here all the time. You, you should know the gospel. You know, Jesus went to the cross. He, he died for our sins. He defeated death. He rose again on the third day. It was witnessed by lots of people. The heart of the gospel message never changes. And we need to be, you know, committed to sharing the gospel with people. But the way that we do that is changing all the time. And so we need to have our imaginations engaged so we can find ways to share, ultimately share the gospel. And, and at this point in culture, because the church has made some missteps along the journey, um, we have to earn the right once again to even begin to speak into people. And so we have to use our imaginations in ways that we can sort of help them sort of let down some of those barriers they put in place so we can begin to share the gospel with them again. And so imagination is things like having an ice cream truck that we take out and we give away free ice cream. People go, why in the world do you do that? You know, it's just something they're not expecting. We don't, we don't hammer them with anything there other than, here, this is from us. We want you to have free ice cream. The group, I had a group go out today doing outreach, and they took out Frisbees with them, and we had Frisbees made with the grape guy on it and the website. And they went out to the, a couple of the beaches today, and they threw out these Frisbees and beach balls with the grape guy on it. There wasn't anything other than that's going away and blessing people and giving them stuff. And they said as they would walk down the beach and they were walking their way back, they could see these Frisbees and beach balls everywhere. And, and uh, you think, well, that's, what does that mean? You, you never know somebody looking at that Frisbee and then saying, maybe you should go. Let's go see what it's all about. You never know. And it happens. I've had people here on uh, just about every sort of outreach we've done that have come to me and said, hey, we come and check it out because this happened. Somebody gave us some candy. Someone invited us to a meal. Someone, we got an ice cream. We wanted to see what was going on here. Someone did this or that. So, so see, it's our, we engage our imaginations for, for the sake of the kingdom. 
how, how can we, you know, make ourselves um, available to the world so that we can share with them the gospel that we have? We have the best news in the universe. We have the best deal there is. And we need to be able to share it with people wherever we can. So it's knowledge, it's wisdom, it's imagination. And then third uh, thing that we need to do is we need to stay engaged in the battle for your mind. There's an ongoing battle for your mind. Um, because we have an enemy who doesn't want you to love God all in. He doesn't want you to love him with all your mind. And so he's going to do whatever he can to keep you distracted. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 2 through 5, Paul says this. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary... They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So here we have a whole passage of Scripture about the ongoing battle for our minds. And, and the Apostle Paul says that our job here is to, uh, in this battle, is to destroy strongholds. Strongholds are... Um, mental blocks, if you would. Uh, um, and, and uh, he, you know, he talks about pretensions and arguments that set itself up against the knowledge of God. And so we, we have these places in our mind that, that the enemy tries to set up that go against the knowledge of God, and we're to destroy these uh, strongholds. Now, strongholds come in a lot of ways, um, uh, you know, a couple of big ones. Um, it's, it can be a worldview. A stronghold could be a worldview that we've developed over time, materialism, hedonism, secularism, relativism, uh, atheism, um, all of these different isms that, that are, are, are mental strongholds that people set up against the knowledge of God. And so um, all these things could be taking place um, with people that we meet and also, you know, in our own lives. We have stuff that we need to sort of um, check against the Word of God. I'm, I'm constantly amazed at how every now and again I'll have a thought and I'll realize that it's a very, very old thought that comes back from sort of, and I've been walking with the Lord 30 years now, pre-Christian sort of ideals and ideas that I hadn't challenged. And I think, wow, I really need to challenge that because that's not where I am anymore. But there's a stronghold there that sets itself up and I need to be aware that I'm engaged in a battle. Another thing that a stronghold could be could be a personal attitude, worry can be a stronghold. We talk about that a lot here. Some people are just chronic worriers. And, and we've talked about not worrying, but it actually becomes this, this stronghold in people's lives. Uh, some people like are stuck in seeking the approving, approval of others. Um, anything that you allow to become an idol in your life is a stronghold. We've talked about the little G-God idols that can be developed. Fear can, can become a stronghold. Guilt can become a stronghold, uh, resentment, insecurity. All these things can be strongholds in our minds. And the Bible says that we need to tear them down. Now, the very last phase of that passage is that we take every thought captive to obey Christ. We take every thought captive in obedience of Christ. So what that means is um, we have to ask the Spirit of God to help us engage in these thoughts when we're aware of them and we need to... Um, say, you know what, that is not true. That's not where God wants me. That is not something that honors God or pleases God. 
and, and what I need to do is get a hold of that and, and get it out of my thought process by just speaking sort of against it. I actually, when I, when I get something that's a thought like that, I say, you know, that's, that is not, I know that's not a God thing, and I don't want to get stuck in that process. And, and ultimately, something I said earlier is, is what helps us stay on top of the battle. See, see, when we're to love God with all our mind, which needs to be our heart's desire, all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, then once again, what we do is we engage our thinking as fully as possible for the sake of knowing God, as fully as possible, for the sake of loving God, as fully as possible. That, that you will employ your mind to provide your heart and your soul with all the fuel they need to, to get the fire of love going and, and, and that, that, that they can possibly deliver in our lives. And so the mind plays this huge part in the process. So again, I want to encourage you, you know, make sure you're spending time reading the Word. Make sure you're figuring out how to apply the Word into your lives with God's wisdom. Ask God to help you with your holy imagination, to use your imaginations for His kingdom and for His glory. And then be aware of this battle that rages for your mind. And challenge thoughts that aren't godly thoughts. Challenge them and, and begin to remove them. Take them captive and keep them from um, being a stronghold that, that gets your thinking um, off track. So that we can, we can use our minds once again to, to engage fully in the knowledge of God. So that, so that, you know, we can love Him as fully as possible. And that's at the heart of everything we do. So that's what we're going to do here today. That's that. If you're watching my video, appreciate you doing that. If you're on the webcast, hi guys, come and visit us whenever you can. We'd love to see if you need prayer, go to the website. And there is a prayer page there at keysvineyard.com. We would love to pray for you. Hope to see you soon. And uh, we're going to call that a day.